couldn't be more proud of the team and, and the competitiveness and the character and the toughness. And um, it's a great group. You know, um, we've been through a lot together, a lot of basketball. Um, you know, we've had success. And, and now tonight, you know, we hit a wall or we met we met our end and uh, it hurts and it's hard. Uh, but my respect and love for the team isn't any different right now than it is at any other time. Oh, I enjoy being out there with my teammate. I enjoy you know, having this great season, a long season. I, I enjoy it. You know, like, it definitely made me a better player. You get better through experience. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills. You know, now that the Bucks have been eliminated, unfortunately, conference finals are set. We got the Mavs and the Warriors in the West and the Celtics in the Heat in the East. And I was looking at some of the betting money today and where the odds are sitting. A lot of money coming in on the Celtics. I think that's smart. I don't like the Heat that much. I don't think they're that good. The Celtics are very good. So I like that. But I, I got to say, if I had to put my money somewhere, I still, you know, maybe I'm weird. Maybe I'm weird. Maybe I'm crazy. I, I still just can't count out the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, it, with... With two of the best closers on the floor, with Kevin Durant and Kyrie, Kevin Durant's probably the best player in the game right now. I, just, I, I can't count that team out. Sorry, I, I, I know I'm weird. I, I, I know I, I'm hung up on it. I, I can't count out the Brooklyn Nets. They're. Just <laughs> I'm gonna get so much run out of that joke over the next couple of weeks, and probably into the finals too. Now that the Bucks are done, the jokes are gonna need to come from somewhere. The content's gonna need to come from somewhere. We're going to get to week three of the NFL season. Who looks like the best team in the league? I know they're not showing it, but the Brooklyn Nets, man, you, you give me Kyrie and Kevin Durant healthy at any time. Ben Simmons on the men. I just, I can't quit that team. <laughs> I love them. I love their playoff odds. Yeah, Bucks losing to the Celtics yesterday, 109-81, the final score. It was over with a couple minutes left. Um, so the final score makes it look a little bit worse than it was, but it got pretty bad there at the end of the third and the start of the fourth quarter. I hate Boston. I hate all their sports teams. I think their fans are the most annoying breed of people that God ever... I, I don't know if God intended to create Celtics fans. I, maybe that one got away from them a little bit. You know, we like to think that everyone and everything is created in God's image and likeness. But I just... Ah, God. Why do you have to go and do that and create that fan base with that personality? I don't like Boston. I, I actually like the way that that team was built. I should be a fan of this team. Should be good for the league. Homegrown, draft and develop, slow build, slow grow all together. But God, they're just so annoying. They're just so annoying. Every one of them is whining about something after every play. Everybody's falling on the ground constantly. There's, there's tough to watch. So I should be cheering for Boston, except I can't because they're Boston. And on top of being Boston, they're the most annoying basketball team I've ever watched. And I've watched Brad Davison for, what, eight or nine seasons straight now? So I can I can stomach a lot. Uh, I can't even stomach that. Let's talk about Bucks celtics Game seven yesterday and a really, really good competitive series wrapping up. Unfortunately, it just didn't go the Bucks' way, and we're going to talk about that a lot tonight. You can find me on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. You can join the show by phone if you'd like to do that as well. 608-796-2558. Give me a call or a text. My name is Grant Bills. This is the Wisco Sports Show. I guess at some point tonight we should talk about Jair Alexander signing his extension with the Packers. That news broke earlier today. I don't know really what we're going to say about that. 
except, hey, this is good. They took care of a really good player at a crucial, crucial position where there's not a lot of redundancy. There's not a lot of good corners in the league. There's a lot of good or pretty good or great wide receivers. Right? There's a lot of good guards. Uh, safeties can be found. You can find running backs. There's certain positions you can find. Maybe they're not going to be great, but you can find them. You get caught with your pants down without a couple good corners on your roster, and the season can go to heck really, really quickly. Right? So to lock up Jar Alexander, he's young. He's coming into his prime. The Packers drafted him. That's great. That's great news. Other than that, I don't know what we're going to say about it, but maybe we can look at the Packers' defense holistically and just talk about all the investment that they've made on that side of the ball in just this offseason alone, right, with signings and drafts and extensions and re-signings of guys who've already been here. So at some point tonight, probably at a couple different points, we'll bring that up. But mostly Bucks celtics tonight. And like I said, you can call or text. You can tweet if you'd like. I'm on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. I changed my Twitter pro- uh, profile picture, which I never do, uh, this morning, it's Coach Bud laying on the, s- the sideline of the court in protest, which I found to be one small moment of comic relief in what was a really big bummer of a game yesterday. Let's talk about it. Game was over, in essence, at the end of the third quarter, and I think the deal was really sealed a few minutes into the fourth. Bucks fans were not handling it well. I took one glance at Twitter right before I gave up on the game with about six minutes left. And I actually, I was watching at a buddy's house and I had to go. So as soon as the game was was for sure over and it was a few minutes in the fourth, I left. I looked at my phone real quickly before I did it. My God, Twitter was in shambles. Bucks fandom was freaking out, losing their mind. Look, some advice from me. When the game is over, go for a walk immediately. Like the second the game is done, put your phone down, take 25 minutes, go for a walk outside, go do something. Take your mind off of it, and then when you have calmed down, come back to your phone, go on Twitter, watch TV. Be much better prepared for it, right? You're not going to start to lose your mind. I did that yesterday. I feel like that went a long way in me not losing my absolute mind after the game, right? It's a human thing, right? In the heat of the moment, when you're frustrated and you're angry and you feel like somebody did you wrong and the Bucks and the Celtics, this game did us wrong yesterday, you just start grasping for straws, whatever's nearby, right? But, uh, but, but, but didn't make adjustments. That bastard, he, again, he didn't make adjustments. He a crappy coach, right? Great, you're Grayson Allen. We don't like him. We didn't like him in the first place. This is easy. He sucks. He cost us this series, right? Oh, the, ref, the refs, the Bucks, Bucks got screwed by the refs. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's what happened. That's that's easy. Javon Carter also. Javon Carter should have played. If he played, they probably win the series in five, maybe six. Certainly doesn't go seven if Javon Carter gets run, right? When we start getting angry and the game starts going to hell, we start grasping for whatever logic and, and reasoning and excuses are easy. So all of those, I saw those on Twitter yesterday. And maybe there's a sliver of truth to some or all of those things. Now, we're not a show that complains about the refs. I'm not going to do that today. Um, as we try not to do that every day. But for all those other things, Bud making adjustments and Grayson Allen and, and really the whole backcourt just not playing well, just not giving you anything. Uh, and Javon Carter's staying on the bench and everything that everyone is upset about, right? Maybe there's a sliver of truth to all those things. But folks, this isn't hard, okay? We don't need to make this harder than it needs to be. The Bucks didn't have Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton's their second best player. He's their shot creator. He's their offense creator. He's their only wing. Long wings like Chris Middleton give you the versatility to switch and play certain types of defense. And when you lose your only player of that type, you lose a lot of flexibility defensively. That's what, the things that Chris Middleton provides. What he gives the Bucks, the Bucks can't get anywhere else. It's not like they can go to the bench for Chris Middleton light. They don't have one. They don't have a spare. Right? It's like a, if you if you have a niche hobby, like if you're a musician 
right? And you got a gig on Saturday. You understand this. You're like, okay, I got to get to the store, the guitar shop, to buy strings by Thursday or Friday because Saturday they're not going to be open and then I'll be screwed, right? There's no other store to go to to get guitar strings, right? Let's say if, if you're, a, you're a boat guy, you got a boat and you need a, a specific piece for the, the stern or a light or something, you, well, then you better go to that boat store when it's open. And if it's not open on Saturday and you get to Saturday, then you're out of luck, right? If Chris Middleton goes down, there's no backup Chris Middleton. There's no other versatile six, seven wing that can create his own shot and that'll get you five assists a game. There's nobody else. There's not even a placeholder on this roster, right? And Chris Middleton wasn't out there. Sometimes it's not your year, right? We talked about this last week a lot. We talked about this a couple of times last week. This wasn't Milwaukee's year, right? They played all the way through the finals last year, was later than normal. And then a couple of their guys went to play in the Olympics. And then they come back and they got to get right back at it. They were without Brooke Lopez all year, which they actually handled pretty well. And then when Brooke Lopez comes back, Chris Middleton goes down. And they actually dealt with that pretty well, too. But it just wasn't their year. The NBA playoffs were like a big poker table, okay? All the teams were sitting around the poker table and hands are constantly being dealt to all these teams, good and bad, right? Some teams are going to get a good hand. They're going to get two jacks. Ooh, that's nice. You got to make that count. If you get dealt two jacks by the NBA playoff poker dealer, you better make that count. You better take advantage of that. And if you get dealt a two and a five, well, see if you can't survive for another hand or two, and maybe your luck will change. Maybe it won't. I have a bunch of examples last postseason and this postseason of some good hands and some bad hands that were dealt. Okay, let's go back to last season. The 2021 Bucks. no shame in admitting. They were dealt a pretty good hand, at least in the second round. Kyrie Irving and James Harden are banged up. And that gave the Bucks an opportunity to fight back from 2-0. And they used that opportunity, that really good hand they were dealt, two aces. They were dealt that in the second round. And they rode those two aces all the way to the finals. And they took advantage of it. Right? They made it count. That was last year. Bucks got dealt a pretty good hand. Now, Giannis went down too. That was a bad hand in the Atlanta series. But they were also dealt a good hand by drawing Atlanta in the first place. So you get where I'm going with this, right? 2022 Mavs, they advanced last night, smoked the Suns, right? The Mavs were dealt a pretty good hand this postseason. They have one play style. They play small. Dwight Powell's their big guy. They like to run and shoot and spread it out and play small. And wouldn't you know, they drew two teams in this postseason that really can't go small. Utah definitely can't go small. And Phoenix really didn't know what to do. They, DeAndre Ayton really didn't play a role in this series. Devin Booker and Chris Paul are spread out and they're frantic. The Mavs drew two teams that matched up perfectly for what they want to do. That's a good hand. And we'll see how far they can ride that good hand. Let's see if they can keep it going against the Warriors. The 2022 Bucks, weirdly here and there, they were flipped a good card. Right Without Chris Middleton, game one in Boston fell exactly how they would have wanted it to because they were able to build a gap and get hot to start the fourth so the game never got close because if the game gets close and it gets tight and the defense locks down, that's when you miss an individual shot creator like Chris Middleton. But if the gap is big and the crowd's kind of subdued and the defense is locked in, well, you can move the ball and you can run in transition and you don't really miss a shot creator the way that you would when it's tight. And we saw it tight in the playoffs last year. That's where Chris Middleton excelled, right? The Bucs at moments were dealt good hands, but the Celtics really got a good hand. They got to take on the defending champs and the best player in the world without their second best player and their only shot creator outside of Giannis. The Bucs maximized their good hand last year. They played it all the way out. They won the whole darn thing. Now we see what Dallas can do with their hand. And what Boston will do with theirs now against Miami, which I think is a, 
I think it's a pretty favorable matchup. I see a lot of Celtics fans on Twitter today gassing themselves up. Oh, we got to be ready. Don't take the heat lightly. The Heat are really good. They're better at this, this, this than the Milwaukee. This is going to be another step up. No, it's not. You guys are, you guys are going to be the Heat. Okay. Let me be the first to tell you. I told you at the start of the Brooklyn series, we had a Boston guy on, and he's like, oh, this is going to go the distance. I'm like, no, it's not. Brooklyn's no good. And Miami's fine, but they're not as good as Boston. So before Boston builds up their opponent only to claim a larger victory at the end, I'll just save everyone time. Boston's going to go to the finals. They got a good hand facing the Bucks without Chris Middleton. Now let's see how they play it. Let's see how far they can take it. Now, this series was still winnable without Chris Middleton. I think we all saw that, right? But yesterday after the game, I realized something, and I didn't think I would be saying this today, but I, but I think it needs to be said. There are so many people who I saw on social media and who I've seen as a part of other shows and other things that I, other content, forms of Wisconsin sports content that I've taken in today. Probably people who don't watch a ton of basketball, but there are so many people that don't realize how good Boston is. Boston might be the best team in basketball. Now that the Suns are out and the Bucks are out, the Warriors are very good. I think the Celtics are deeper. They're more physical. They defend better. I think they're better than Miami. Their star power is better than Miami. I don't know about Luka and the Mavs. Those are an interesting wild card. I need to stew on that for a couple of days. Boston might be the best team in basketball. And I know so many people were so upset today. Oh, you you blew it against Boston without Chris Middleton. No, Boston's really good. The fact that this game or, or this, this series went seven games is a testament, I think, to how good the Bucs are. And yeah, it sucks because they had opportunities to win. But there were also junctures in the series where Boston really slipped as well. Boston shouldn't have blown game five, right? Boston let the... the Bucks come in game one and went on their floor without it ever getting close at the end. So there's a, there's a lot of shoulda, woulda, couldas. Boston has a few, Milwaukee has a few, but Boston was definitely the better team with Chris Middleton not playing. That's not an excuse. It's an explanation. And I've seen a lot of Bucks fans, Wisconsin sports fans today kind of say, well, you, you can't just miss one guy. That, that can't be an excuse, right? The way that their offense went quiet, that's not, you can't just lose one guy. It can't derail you that much. Okay, well, let me explain this really quickly before we take our first break. There's 14 guys on an NBA roster, and in the playoffs, seven or eight of them play. Most coaches only trust five. Some coaches only play six or seven, okay? So if one of those five guys goes down, that's 20% of your closing lineup. Chris is also the one true wing on their entire roster, which makes him extra valuable, okay? So now if he's out of the equation, defenses don't have to worry about him. They can put more pressure on Grayson Allen, Pat Connaughton, and Bobby Portis, who, interestingly enough, didn't play well this series. That's because those guys are supposed to capitalize on the opportunities created by Giannis, Chris, and Drew. Those opportunities get fewer and farther between if Chris Middleton isn't out there. Okay, so it's not just losing one guy. Losing one guy affects all of these different things. Think of uh, think of the, the defense, Boston's defense, as a budget. Okay, you have a budget for your household, right? All, all these places you allocate money, right? You got your car payment, you got your mortgage, you got your cable bill, uh, you got to pay for food, Right, and then your retirement, whether you're putting a 401k, Roth IRA, whatever. Maybe you're saving up for your kid's college. You have all these, these different avenues where your money is going. And on defense and basketball, you allocate attention. You allocate bodies, right? How many bodies are we going to send at Giannis? How much gravity are we going to shift to this side of the floor? Are we going to say, no, 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 screw George Hill. We're not going to cover him. I'm just not going to pay the, the MasterCard this month. We don't have the funds. Right? We got to keep the power on. We got right. You're moving money around in your budget. You're moving attention and bodies around on defense, right? And you know how budget works. If all of a sudden you pay your car off, there's a couple hundred bucks every month that you didn't have before that now you have. So now this extra money can go elsewhere. You can refinance your mortgage, kick that into high gears. So you can wrap it up a couple years earlier, right? You can load extra money into your retirement fund. Chris getting hurt 
is like the Celtics paying off a car. It's like, oh, we don't have to worry about that. Well, now we can put all of our attention elsewhere. Now we can really make sure that Giannis sees three or four guys instead of just two. We can see that Pat Connaughton and Grayson Allen are never open because we don't have to worry about this Chris Middleton guy, right? The car's paid off. We have all this extra money, all this defensive attention spread all around. And then because Grayson Allen wasn't doing anything and Drew really wasn't that good, that's like cutting out the cable bill, right? So we get rid of that money too. Now we can set even more guys at Giannis. By the fourth quarter yesterday, Giannis had lost trust in his shooters. The Celtics had stopped covering those shooters and Giannis was going one versus four in the paint. And that's why it just, it really came to a grinding halt at the end of the third quarter and then the fourth quarter. It's not an excuse. Guys, they didn't have Chris Middleton. We don't need to make this a firebud show. We don't need to make this all about adjustments or Javon Carter this or George Hill that. They didn't have Chris Middleton. And they still managed to take what I believe to be the best team in the NBA all the way to seven games on their home floor. And they were there at halftime against the team that flops and falls and really makes us want to pull our hair out. I know. Let's take a break. I want to talk more about this. This is what we're going to be talking about between now and 6 o'clock. Give me your texts, 608-796-2558. You can find me on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. More of the Wisco Sports Show coming up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. My name is Grant Bills. I hope your week's off to a great start. Don't let the Bucks losing ruin your week. I saw so many Bucks fans on Twitter yesterday that were just, they're on the ledge. They're like, well, at least we got to see one title before we died. It's like, Jesus. What, are they never going to win again? Calm down. So, so the expectation is we win a title every year, despite what injuries happen, despite how the bracket shakes out. It's hard to win a title. Spencer and Madison gave us a text. 608-796-2558. Says, go Bucks either way. At least my mental health won't be so up and down this summer. Shows how hard it is to win a championship. Yeah. You've seen Trailer Park Boys, right? Sometimes she goes, sometimes she doesn't. It's the way she goes, right? Last year, the Bucks got dealt a good hand in the second round. Kyrie Irving goes down. James Harden goes down. And then this year, they get dealt a tougher hand against what I believe to be... Do I think the we need to decide this now? Are the Celtics the best team in basketball? Do I believe that? Well, they're better than Miami, so get them out of here. Um, I don't know about Golden State. They're fundamentally very different than Golden State. I think they could beat Golden State up. So maybe I like the Celtics more than the Warriors. Dallas, I don't know. I need to watch Dallas one or two more times. I didn't expect them to get this far. I, I believe in Luka. I didn't know that a team with Dorian Finney-Smith that's also coached by Jason Kidd could make it this far, but props to Jason Kidd and the way he has a team playing. He's improved a lot and evolved a lot as a coach, which is pretty darn cool. Celtics might be the best team in basketball, right? So they got dealt a tough hand, losing their second best guy and a really valuable piece in Chris Middleton. And they took the Celtics seven games and it didn't work out. Okay. I'm not going to go jump off the Castry Bridge because of that. That's how sports work. Thank you for the text, Spencer. We got a text here from Zach in Eau Claire, uh, which I agree with. Fire Capers every season, fire McCarthy every season, fire Penton every season, get rid of Diva Aaron Rodgers, fire guard, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to fast forward through this message. You're completely right. We lost against a tough team without our second best player. The only real pure pure shooter who can create his own shot. Better luck next year. Fear the deer and drink a beer. Amen to that, Zach. Absolutely. One more text. The other guy says, if the Bucs are looking for players to shoot four of 34 on three-pointers, they can sign me to a veteran's minimum. Yeah, Bucs didn't have the best shooting day yesterday. Four of 33 from three, and Giannis hit one. 
Where did I? I saw a stat today. We're going to talk about this coming up. Let me look at my notes. Hold on. Giannis had the best three-point percentage on the team in game six and game seven. So following game five, so game five forward, Giannis had the best three-point percentage on the team. It doesn't exactly bode well. For, <laughs> doesn't bode well for, uh, for success against a really tough team like Boston. Not great. Uh, that's the number to text and call. You can give me a tweet at Wisco Grant. Follow me on Twitter there if you'd like to. Do you remember the year or the time in your life where you came to the realization that people in charge are just as dumb as us? And I mean that endearingly, right? Like we're all dumb to a certain degree. When I when I was younger, I used to think, oh, politicians, it's a good thing they know what's going on because I don't. And then I grew up and I'm like, oh, you guys are more, you guys are stupider than me. Way stupider than me. You all, you all are morons. Okay. Good to know. I used to think, I'm pretty sure we all did at one point, used to think police officers could solve any murder if there was just one strand of hair in the case. I think it was from watching cop TV and watching like Criminal Minds. And now I'm like, oh, that cop over there. Yeah, that's that's Sean. I had high school gym class with that guy. He never could figure out uh, how to score a game of bowling quite white. (laughs) And now he's a cop. You know what I mean? You get to a point where the, all these people in authoritative positions, you realize that they're really not that much smarter or not not really that much more, more polished than we are, right? I used to think the best sports people were on another level. It's like, ah, I'll never get there. They understand the game on a deeper level than I do. And now, after the last 24 hours or so, I, I've, I've gotten rid of that pre-assumption too because some of you guys are nuts. Some of the takes I've seen in the last 24 hours, my God. You'll need to calm down. I want to read you a tweet by uh, Kevin O'Connor, who's covered the NBA for a long time. Now he's at the ringer. He's got over 300,000 Twitter followers. He's a good podcast guest. He does really good work. He's smart. He watches all these games. He is what NBA minds should aspire to be. And he tweeted this yesterday at 515. The Bucks have a lot of work to do this summer. Obviously, this series is different if Chris Middleton plays, but clearly need help at wing behind Al- uh Wing behind him. Allen stinks. They need more playmakers. 142 million committed to six players. Lopez is 34. Few picks or assets to move. It won't be easy. I love this tweet because he says, obviously the series is different if Chris Middleton plays. I think the Bucks win the series in five, maybe six if Chris Middleton plays. And that's just from watching it. Do you guys not think the same thing? That the Bucks we would wrap this up days ago if Chris Middleton played. I love how Kevin tweets that and then says, but my God, this roster. No playmakers, no wing depth, which he's right about, right? Brooke, Brooke Lopez is old. Got to get rid of him. Do you see the way Brooke Lopez played yesterday? <laughs> Defensively, too. It wasn't just precision offense and spot-up shooting. The dude was getting in the paint, blocking a ton of shots, playing really good defense. So the series would be different if Middleton played. But, my God, this team is in shambles. It's like, would you would you calm down, right? Keep your big-picture sweeping off-season takes to yourself for a month. Right. This is not the time to have big picture sweeping offseason takes. I remember last year after the finals or during it before the finals were even over. We can't help ourselves. We're like, man, if if which one of these teams needs to win this more because this team's not getting back. Right. Remember this during the finals last year? I think Phoenix needs to win this because they're not going to get back. Well, Phoenix came back and won 60 plus games this year. They ran into a tough matchup. They got fatigued. Maybe Chris Paul was injured. I don't know. But the Suns were fine this year. They were better this year. And we were trying to bury him before the finals were over last year. Remember, they were like, well, the Bucks need to get it done this year because next year, no, no, this won't happen because Brooklyn will be healthy. Oh, yeah? <laughs> How'd that work out? Right? During a series or right after a series is done, like at 5.15, which is when this tweet was sent yesterday, don't waste our time with big sweeping offseason takes. 
because we just don't know anything. We know nothing. Well, if Middleton was healthy, the Bucks would have advanced. But seeing he wasn't healthy, we need to overhaul the entire Bucks roster. <laughs> I mean, I saw this clip on Twitter. I did not watch the show this morning. Another really bad take that I saw. Uh, J.J. Redick was on Get Up this morning with Patrick Beverly. Patrick Beverly said Chris Paul should have been benched, which is a bad take. But I actually think this J.J. Redick take is worse, uh, believe it or not. This is J.J. Redick talking about the Suns losing at home and at one point being down almost 50 points to the Mavs. Here's a lost opportunity to me. James Johnson for the last two trade deadlines has preached continuity. I think they had an opportunity this year to go out and get a third shot creator. Eric Gordon was available in Houston. I know the Phoenix Suns fans wanted Eric Gordon to be there. That, to me, changes the complexity of this team because you do need someone who's able to attack. Someone, I'm not saying they could have got Jordan Clarkson, but someone like that. And Eric Gordon is one of those guys. You needed that third shot. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me get, I need to write this down before I forget really quickly. Okay, so the Suns won 60 plus games. We're down 46 at home. Oh, and that could have been prevented if they had just traded. Oh, Eric Gordon. Okay, Eric Gordon. And the Suns would have advanced. Okay, so the Suns were down. The Suns were down 46 at home. And you're going to go on TV the next day and say, well, I know it looked bad, but really, if they had just traded for Eric Gordon, maybe Jordan Clarkson. (laughs) That never would have happened. Okay. Okay, JJ. Like, why do we always do this? Everyone thinks they know the move that they would have done or the player that they would have signed or traded for that would have made the difference or the coaching adjustment that they would have made and none of this would have ever happened. Look, it's not that deep. Okay, everyone needs to calm down just a little bit. Chris Middleton being out had all of these impacts, and the Celtics played really, really well down the stretch, and their role players hit shots. Great series, went seven. Bucks had tough luck this year. They had good luck last year, tough luck this year. Imagine that, right? And then the West, the Mavericks got hot. I think the Suns really pissed them off, and Luka took it personally, and Luka is unbelievable. (laughs) Freaking Eric Gordon. I was like, wait, he's still in the league? Eric Gordon, yeah. If only, if only, then maybe we'd be talking about a championship in Phoenix. Sorry, the, the, the Eric Gordon absence was too much to overcome for the Suns, everybody. <laughs> Sorry to report. Let's take a break. I'd love to hear from you. Give me a call, 608-796-2558. More of the Wisco Sports Show coming up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Celtics, I just got to point out really quickly before we move on, Orlando RC is DHing tonight for the Bra- for the Braves. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, it also makes me a little sad because Orlando Arcia is the DH for the defending champs. Sucks to watch another fan base live out my dream. That stings a little bit. Good for Orlando, but man, I wish he was DHing for the Brewers. And I wish the Brewers were defending champs. They missed their playoff wild card, Orlando Arcia. Don't worry, now that the Bucks are done, we'll have plenty of time to talk Brewers. Bucks lose yesterday in Game 7, 109-81. We're talking about it. My name, Grant Bills, on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. Give me a call or a text, 608-796-2558. Really, really quickly, uh, well, not really quickly. I, I don't mean to sound like I'm rushing. It appears as though we have a call from our Celtics guy. That's Chris Porter. Chris, good afternoon. Welcome. Hey, Grant. How are you doing today? Uh, good. I'm well. And I, before we do this, I, I just want to point out, 
Look, I detest most Celtics fans, uh, not for for who they are personally, but for what they do. And I just got to say, before we chat here, you don't do any of the things that really annoy me from from most Celtics fans. So I don't want to lump all of this on you. I actually very much like talking to you, but some of your Celtics fan brethren, uh, they're just I just detest what they do and what they stand for. Well, you know, it, it's all about just breaking the stereotype, you know? Yeah, that's it's, true. It's, <laughs> it's, I'm also not an East Coast guy. I think that's I, I hopefully am able to bring in a, ta- a touch of Midwest nice into the whole East Coast fan base. Yeah. Uh, and so hopefully that, that makes us look a little bit better, but <laughs> it's a tough job. It really is. What you, would you think yesterday? What you, would you walk away from that game thinking? Well, I walked away from that game, uh, I mean, obviously thrilled. Um, I did see a lot of the different things that, you know, even you were mentioning, um, you know, Bucks fans are, are so close to the ledge right now in terms of do we blow up the roster? Do we need to do everything, all this stuff? And then you give a great example of even just last year with Budenholzer being, um, you know, if, if you hadn't won the net series, I remember you on your show, were talking about if we don't beat the nets, do we just have to fire Bud? Is that the issue? Yeah. Um, and now all of a sudden Bud looks like, you know, a genius for at least one more year. And so I think that, you know, another great example of that is um, for those of you who uh, followed the NBA about 10 years ago, Eric Spolstra was on the hot seat with LeBron and Bosh and Wade. And there was talk, you know, oh, if they don't beat the Celtics in in this series, they were down three games to two at the time. There was a lot of talk saying, hey, maybe Spolstra needs to be the guy to go. And, of course, they, you know, they beat us. They, then they went on to beat the Spurs in the finals. And all of a sudden, Spolstra is still like a perennial coach of the year candidate every single year. And, and he leads teams that have kind of, you know, kind of loosely put together rosters. And he leads them to really mm-hmm. great places. Um, so I, I would encourage Bucks fans to, to take a month before you start deciding to get rid of Lopez and, and all these guys. Uh, you have many more championships to contend for. I don't, you know, I, it's always, it's never a for sure thing to say you'll, you'll win them, but LeBron and Curry made advancing to the finals look really easy. It's, it's not easy as yeah. both Celtics and Bucks fans know. Um, so don't take for granted what you have because you already have an amazing roster. You're going to bring in complimentary pieces for next year and you're going to be right back in the mix uh, this time next year. Do you, okay, if I say I'm going to throw out a statement and I want you to respond to it as I, literally the first thing that comes to your mind, I don't want you to nice it up if you hate what I'm about to say, okay? The Bucks, if Chris Middleton plays in the series, win in five or six games. What do you think about that? I think that that's accurate. I mean, I actually, okay. Okay. to be honest with you, especially, I mean, even before the series started, I remember saying, I think the Bucks could win this thing. I think they could win in six games. Yeah. Um, and I said that because they have the best player in the series. They have that's an nuts. amazing defense. Dude, defense not, not, not to cut you off, I, I've watched the NBA for a long time, and I've heard every TV and radio show go, well, if you have the best player in a series, that makes all the difference. I didn't fully grasp the power of what that means until the series that we just watched. It, it blew me away what having Giannis was able to make up for against the Celtics team that's just way better. 100%. Uh, and, and, and now that the Celtics have advanced, I think that there is a good case for now the Celtics have the, perhaps the best player in the series. If, if game oh, yeah. six, Jason oh, yeah. Tatum oh, yeah. is able to show up against the Heat, we, have, we all of a sudden have the best player. So hopefully I get to experience a sliver of what, of what you all got to see uh, and what we got to see Giannis do. Um, but, no, I, I, I do think that with Middleton, it would have allowed for Giannis to be able to take some, some possessions off on offense. And, and really that was – especially when it came into game seven, um, 
you know, Giannis was able to put up almost a triple double in the first quarter. It just seemed like that took so much out of him to do, um, to get the Bucks to be in contention for the game in the first half that once the second half rolled around, you know, the Celtics got hot. Giannis couldn't keep up because he was exhausted yeah. and, 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 and he has every right to be right. I, I don't know any human on earth that, that could have, you know, done what he did for an entire seven game series and, and expect him to, to, to play well in the fourth quarter of that game seven. Well, and if it, if his shooter, he just stopped trusting his shooters. I don't blame him. And the Celtics just kind of, I, I don't know how I want to put this. The Celtics just decided that if Grayson Allen hits one random three at any point in the second half, we don't care. And the Celtics shouldn't have cared, right? It's like, we're going to show Giannis three or four guys every time he comes in the paint because the the Bucks just don't have it in their power to make enough threes to get back into this. And I think by the end of the game, like, yeah, the game started perfectly, right? Giannis is distributing, he's rebounding, he's scoring, he's doing everything. But then when the distributing stops and he has to score, like, every possession because no one else can do anything, well, then the Celtics just, they just show a bunch of bodies at him. And as good as Giannis is, like, he's just not going to come out of that in a successful place. And it's going to tire him out, like you said. Another thing, well, last thing, let's talk about. Chris Middleton leaving, I think, impacts how Bud does his job. And I know a lot of Bucks fans, they just get pissy that he doesn't make adjustments and that he doesn't change defensively what they're doing. When you lose a player like Middleton, there are only so many options, right? Like, I love when the Bucks go small and they switch one to five. They don't have enough bodies to do that for super long stretches. And I just, the more basketball I've watched, especially as the Bucks have gone later into the playoffs, I've started to understand that what we want coaches to do, they don't always have the option to do, Right. I think that that's fair. I, I do think that there were some things that the Bucks did very well. Uh, and we talked about this too when, when Middleton got hurt. Yeah. Um, I called way back when it was during the Bulls series. And I said, ball movement has to be the, the, the name of the game for the Bucks yeah. to be able to succeed not, not only against Chicago, but against the Celtics. And Giannis has to be able to recognize when a double is coming. He has to be able to kick the ball out. And I remember, I mean, how many, I mean, he probably had like a quadruple double if you want to factor in hockey assists. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, really know, good. To the guy that gets the assist game one, he was like, he would have had a quadruple double with those. And it seemed like as the series got later and later on, uh, maybe it was the Celtics adjustments. Maybe it was a lack of creativity for bud. Uh, maybe the, the play random doesn't always work uh, at, at certain times. Uh, especially when you have a, a nucleus, uh, such a strong nucleus of a team, it's hard to play random because you know everything has to eventually yeah. go through that that player, that Giannis. Um, and so, I, I, you know, cutting to the basket, I think there was one look that Wesley Matthews had where he cut to the basket. Marcus Smart didn't even think that that was an option. Mm-hmm. And he had the easiest layup in the mm-hmm. world. And I just didn't see a lot out of that from guys like Grayson Allen, from Pat Connaughton, um, and, and, you know, uh, I mean, even Wesley Matthews had the one, but I mean, it's yeah. not like he did that a ton. And so I think that there was definitely a lack of structure. You know, once once things started to hit the fan, <laughs> if, if you will, um, it just seemed like Bud didn't necessarily have the, the capability to lean back on a certain offense or a certain structure that was maybe in place um, so that the Bucks could have a plan of attack each time they came down the court. Yeah, I know coming up after this next break, I want to talk a little bit about the Bucks defense. I think there's some misconceptions. Chris, before I let you go, I got to tell you, I think the Celtics win the Eastern Conference Finals. I think they're going to win in five, maybe. Like, I, dude, the Heat aren't good. Like, they're just not, they're not good. Like, we know them for Gabe Vincent and Max Struess and Kyle Lowry's old and Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler is fine, but if you put him in a position where he needs to be the best player in a playoff series against anyone who's not Trey Young or Tyrese Maxey, 
Like, they're just not going to have a good time. So you are going to the finals, I believe. Uh, just know that I'm going to be very salty for this whole series because I have to, on one hand, hear about heat culture, which I think is just this fake grifter thing, and then watch half of your team flop and fall over the floor. They're good. They don't need to do that, Chris. Like, Jason Tatum's really good. He doesn't need to whine after every play. I, I just I, that's the, So... For that reason, just know I'm going to complain about a lot of the Eastern Conference Finals and your team. It's not you. It's it's your team and East Coast people, as you said. Yeah. <laughs> I will be there with as many creative gifts on Twitter as it takes to get you to come around on it and, and to get, you, get your blood pressure back to a healthy level. But um, I wouldn't expect anything different from you, Grant. All right. Okay. <laughs> Honey, good series, Chris. Congrats. Uh, enjoy watching the maddening Miami heat. Uh, actually, my blood pressure is grateful for yesterday. So enjoy the series. Thanks for the call, man. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Of course. That's uh that's Chris Porter, our Celtics guy. I don't know why Boston just feels the need to like, they're good. They don't need to fall over all the, Oh, Oh, oh sorry. I fell out of my chair. Oh, sorry. Sorry. It's just kind of the vibe after the way the series went this weekend. Okay. Let me get myself back up. There we go. Oh, hurt. I think I almost injured myself. Oh, that's the actions of my own consequences. Falling on the ground. I wonder why my tailbone hurts. All right, let's take a break. We'll talk more Bucks, more Bucks Celtics. I want to talk about oh, Coach Bud's defense. That's coming up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Let's go sports show. We're talking Bucks, Celtics, Bucks lost yesterday. That was a bummer, but really, Bucks fans, lean back, zoom out, look at everything that's happened, look at all that's gone down, look at these two teams. I'm not saying the Bucks had no chance to win this series. That's not what I'm saying. They could have won. Boston also could have won before Game Seven. Chris Middleton not being there. I I don't know what it is. I, I don't know if we're underappreciative of Chris Middleton. I think that's the truth. And that's why we don't talk about it enough. I also think, and, and we talked about this two weeks ago, I think during the Chicago series, Giannis is so great. He's so good and he's held in such high regard that you just don't get the benefit of nuance, right? Nikola Jokic won back-to-back MVPs, was bounced in the first round again, and people crushed him for it, despite his second best player being DeMarcus Cousins, Bones Highland, Aaron Gordon, right? When you reach a certain level, you're no longer afforded the luxury of nuance, right? When Aaron Rodgers loses in the playoffs, nobody who's smart, at least, looks at that game and goes, well, Aaron Rodgers had nothing to do with that. It was all special teams and his defense let him down and his special teams sucked. No, most people looked at that game and thought, okay, you know, the special teams were bad. Don't get me wrong. But dude, you were also playing at home against Jimmy G and your defense pitched a shutout, and you scored on the opening drive, and then you scored three points the rest of the game. Like, you you have to be better. We hold Aaron Rodgers. We hold Giannis. We hold Nikola Jokic. We hold LeBron. These players who have won MVPs and are at the top of their craft, we hold them to a higher standard. And guess what? If your luck sucks or you're missing a teammate, we don't always talk about it a whole lot. Right? That's the price of being great. Uh, and I think that's why a lot of people, we just don't talk about the fact that Chris Middleton is out. I try not to hammer it as an excuse, but Bucks fandom is in shambles right now. I listened to a bunch of shows today. No one has a clue what's going on. So I'm just trying to be the common sense guy here and point out, yeah, Chris Middleton being out, he hurts you in this way, this way, this way. There's this impact. There's this impact. I'm just, I'm trying to get everyone growled here. We're losing it. 608-796-2558. 
give me a call or a text. You can also tweet me at Wisco Grant. Something else I want to point out, uh, and we're going to talk about Coach Bud's defense coming up in a little bit. I also, (laughs) my God, some of these cuts about Giannis, I just kind of want to play one or two of them. Uh, First of all, Coach Bud almost tearing up in his presser. Uh, That got me dusty. Can we listen to this really quickly? Couldn't be more proud of the team and the competitiveness and the character and the toughness. And um, it's a great group. You know, um, we've been through a lot together, a lot of basketball. Um, You know, we've had success. And and now tonight, you know, we hit a wall or we met we met our end and uh, it hurts and it's hard. Uh, But my respect and love for the team isn't any different right now than it is at any other time. You know, and a lot of people are saying the coach bud sucks today and want him fired. I just I'm not there (laughs) for reasons that we'll talk about later. Um, Yeah, he coaches Giannis. Giannis certainly makes coach Bud's life easier. Um, this is Bud on the series that Giannis had. I want to put what Giannis did the last couple of games into perspective. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I you know, I think despite losing tonight and despite, you know, this, the series being done, I think the way Giannis evolved throughout the series, the way Giannis played um, against a very good defensive team, against a lot of good individual defenders, uh, was like another one of those growth moments and growth, like, opportunities. And um, I thought he was phenomenal. Um, you know, he's scoring, his attacking, his playmaking, his unselfishness. Uh, you know, there, there's always going to be one or two times where, um, you know, we could have been better, he could have been better. But I would say as the series progressed, um, I, I was beyond impressed with him and how he kind of um, figured out how to attack, how to score, how to playmake, how to do all those things. And we didn't get it done. And, he, you know, he's, he's a big part of that. Um, but uh, I, I'm beyond impressed by how he progressed through the series. I am too. I know it's a losing effort, but <sighs> some of these numbers. Bucks lost game five. Giannis had 44, 20, and six. Two blocks, 14 of 15 from the free throw line. That's insane. Giannis had to do everything in this series. The same way that LeBron had to do everything in his second stint in Cleveland, like especially after Kyrie left. When Kyrie was there, it was a little bit more balanced. LeBron had to score a little bit less, could still pass a lot. I don't know that LeBron was ever the dominant rebounding force like Giannis, but they're built differently. They play different roles. But when Kyrie left and it was just LeBron and everyone else, he had to pass, he had to rebound, he had to be a help side defender, he had to be the quarterback on both ends of the floor. Like, it was a ton. Giannis's assist totals in this game were nuts, and nobody shot the ball well, Right. We were talking to our Celtics uh, fan buddy, Chris, Chris Porter, a couple minutes ago, and he's like, Giannis would have more assists if you can count hockey assists, right? A good pass leading to another pass that leads to a shot, right? Giannis, it's not just driving in, drawing a triple team, collapsing, and then hucking the ball out to some random guy. Although there is always an element of that in Giannis's game, it's, it's floor general stuff. And his rebounds aren't just empty stats, right? Because who else on this team rebounds? Chris will give you five. But Chris isn't playing. Nobody off the bench is really rebounding other than Bobby Portis, right? Brooke helps get rebounds, but he normally doesn't secure them himself. Other than that, you're looking at Pat and Grayson. That ain't that ain't, that ain't doing it. So his assists are at another level. His rebounds are necessary. They're not just hollow stats. Giannis had the best three-point percentage on the team in game six and in game seven. That's just bad for everyone else. And on top of that, he played into July last year. He's exhausted, and he needs to score 40. 
for the team to have a chance. Or 50 the other night in game six is what they would have needed for him. Oh, also be the best help defender in all the NBA. The things that he's being asked to do, be the best passer, be the the guy who moves the offense, right? Be the best rebounder, be the guy who locks down possessions for us, right? Get in there and do the dirty work in the paint, beat up a defense, right? Also be an unreal help side defender. You got to come over and clean up this guy's mess, clean up this guy's mess. You got to be the quarterback of the offense, the quarterback of the defense, and you need to score 40. Think about that. Think about a laundry list. I struggle. If I go into one week knowing that I need to get an oil change and go grocery shopping, it's a miracle if I get both of those things accomplished by Friday. Truly. If I if I can run two errands a week, that's a miracle for me. Giannis is doing all this against a defense that's really good. Boston, Boston, maybe, in my lifetime, or at least in the last six years when Giannis has really been elite, Giannis had the, or, uh, the Celtics had the best personnel and the best plan of defending Giannis. And it didn't matter. Giannis had over 200 points, 100 rebounds, 50 assists. First player to ever do that in a series. He had a 40-25 game, which was the fourth ever in a playoff series. He was six assists in that game. So it was a 40-26 game, really. And in that game, his team shot 24% from three. So you could have had a 40-20-10 game. And maybe some shots went down. That's just bananas to me. Right? Drew Holiday talked about Giannis's series. I feel like he's seen this before. Um, I feel like there's nothing that they could have done that he hasn't seen before. Um, I think there's times where uh, maybe he he forced it and uh, or like like forced himself into into scoring because he knew he knew we needed scoring and get to the free throw line and that's tiring and then um, started just making plays for other people at three and you know we got to knock those in and help him out but um, I think overall man Giannis is being Giannis uh, he carried our team he did a great job of carrying our team nobody's surprised by it players aren't surprised by it. Jalen Brown was really singing his praise in the presser. I think there's a lot of respect between the Celtics and the Bucks, as nasty as it gets. I keep going back to that John Hollinger line from two weeks ago when he wrote and highlighted familiarity breeds contempt. I think that's true to an extent. And I also think, <laughs> and I'm going to be mean here, I think Giannis is such a natural competitor that it pains him to watch all of these guys crash to the floor all the time like a bunch of frauds. Whether that bothers you, that's your own ordeal. It's really annoying to me, and I hate watching it, and I'm bummed that we got to watch it for another round. But Celtics, it's their time. Let's see what they can do with it. We'll talk more about it coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show.